Hi guys, Andrew here from the Patriot Cast. Uh, just a quick heads up, this is a, a pre-recording. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I've had some scheduling difficulties uh, regarding the show this week. So the show is going to be in two parts. Uh, Jordan is going to be in both parts. Uh, I'm going to be in one and Javier is going to be in another one. And uh, some of the topics kind of cross over here. So uh, hopefully you enjoy and we start off with my part first. Yeah, I have a couple great stories for us. Um... The first one I'd like to talk about is the evolution of the PlayStation control pad, and that's a Kotaku story which Andrew found. Uh, I'll read a little bit of it now. It's perhaps the most iconic design in the world of game controllers, and definitely the longest serving. Today in Total Recall, some kind of Kotaku segment, we look back Ah, at over 50 ah, years of PlayStation control pads. (laughs) I had to do that. The primary PlayStation controller's basic appearance has survived with only minor changes since it accompanied the first console to the marketplace all the way back in 1994. Considering some companies radically change their pads every console, which can mean every four to five years, Sony's persistence, which some will call stubbornness, has resulted in a controller design which anyone familiar with the PlayStation pad since the mid-90s can pick up and be instantly at home with. Alongside its iconic handlebar shape, PlayStation controllers have also become known for use of symbols to mark their face buttons in place of letters. Sony's Teo Goyoto, the man who designed controller says, other game companies at the time assigned alphabet letters or colors to the buttons. We wanted something simple. <laughs> Sorry. Which is why we went with icons or symbols. And I came up with the triangle combination immediately afterwards. I gave each symbol a meaning and a color. The triangle refused to viewpoint. I had oh. to represent buttons, head, or direction and make it green. Screen. Square. Screen. I put square and green together. Square refers to a piece of paper. I had it represent menus of documents and make it pink. <laughs> the circle and X represent yes or no. What? I don't why why did he make the circle and documents uh pink? Um Because that's the colour of documents in Japan. Duh. The circle and X represent yes or no decision making and I made them red and blue respectively. <laughs> People thought those colours were mixed up and I had to re reinforce to management that's what I wanted. Right. Um well, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think we can stop there. Thank you very much, Jordan. Um I find this story very fascinating. I got a uh, kind of a. It wasn't a melancholy fe- uh, feeling. Whoops, so my just levels are going down. I can see them. That's better. Sorry. It wasn't a melancholy feeling. It was, um, it, it was a reminiscent feeling. I think. Melancholy. Yeah, because, I mean. You love that song. Uh, it's not just the controller. Can you think of any other item of, um, uh, of, of I guess, technology of. of uh, uh, popular technology that remains in s- such prominent shape. Uh, I mean, even the iPod, uh, the original iPod, it, 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 you know, it had the basic square screen and color and, and the circle wheel, but the um, you know the, the shape changed from the picture to video to classic. But you know, this controller, it's um, it's it's changed very little and. Um, and I'd like to, for me and you, Jordan, to because we have younger listeners, just to quickly go through the um, the, uh, the, the all, all the iterations of the controller. Um, and of course, there, there is an article on Kotaku here. It's called "The Evolution of 
PlayStation controls originally by, written by Luke Plunkett, which Jordan read very, very adequately. Um, so we, we start off with, um, in 1994, the, the first controller uh, which which uh, accompanied the uh, the system was uh, the the very the very first controller. Jordan, did you have this one? Um, yes, I did. Yes, I did indeed. So, um, just 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 to quickly explain, the very first controller it exactly like the DualShock now, except uh, the actual handlebars were slightly longer, and there were no analog sticks or vibration in it. But apart from that, I think. All the other buttons still look exactly the same, you know, uh, the square, circle, X, triangle, the D-pad, the L and R, they're pretty, you know, they still pretty much look identical, you know. Um, what do you have to say about that, Drew? Um, I, I just think it's incredible when you when you look at this design and, and you mentioned the iPod, which is what I wanted to mention. Hmm. Um, I think the iPod has the click wheel and things, it's in the screen size and aspect and everything, the resolution, sadly. It's sort of all stayed the same and it's kind of similar. Maybe maybe our younger listeners can remember from back in the 1994. <laughs> um, it's really incredible that the Sony controller has been the same for so long and hmm. I, I really like it. Um, it's it's weird looking at the first one with the huge handles now. Yeah, uh, I would probably prefer it in some ways, just because you and I are both about six feet five or yeah. one point nine five meters tall. You know, we we got big hands, of course. Yes. Um, it's 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 weird looking at it now when you're used to the little short one, mm -hmm. and I think it's just great to see how it's changed over the years. It's very little, but it's 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 cool that it's became like a dynasty almost. Mm, definitely, and it's just um you know you know seeing it. It, it is amazing how you know it really, really hasn't changed. I think even even the the sh not just the shape, the size of the buttons, you know, has, has still remained the same. So then the next one was um, they they've put in the two analog sticks in in the next version. I believe uh, it was a year later, and that I mean uh, they did that for better movement in three D three D spaces and three D games, which by about ninety five ninety six became a catching you know a, a tr not just a trend, but you can see that's where the industry was going three D gaming, and I think that DualShock's DualShock is uh, DualShock is a patented trademark name. Um, you know, analog sticks are probably one of the biggest achievements in biggest, I guess, the biggest progress in video games uh, history of controls since until someone decided to put a six point two inch screen on the damn thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's the thing. But Jordan, um, do you remember the first time you used analog sticks? What, what was your? Favorite? Oh yeah, it was it was magical, wasn't it? Um, I remember I had a friend that always loved the direction pad because he didn't have a dual shock. And he, <laughs> he liked it better, he claimed, you know, but he really did seem to fight over it. Yeah. And it, it's so it's so crap. Up, down, left, right, up, right, you know, diagonally. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Up, left. It's, it's just terrible when you use it now and the way it clicks and everything. And when you use an analog stick and it's so smooth, the movement, I mean, up, down, there's like no clicking or clacking. It's almost like using a beautiful touchscreen, a beautiful piece of glass, smooth and elegant, compared to up, down, left, right. You know, See, the thing is, it's is just us two in this little segment from the past, if you will, so you know, no one's going to be screaming at Jordan that he's wrong. Yeah, no, but analog sticks, you know, fantastic. But it's interesting, the very first, before it actually had vibration in it, the... Um, this, <laughs> it was kind of like the the stepchild in between between the original uh -huh. controller and then the first DualShock, 
where yeah. the handles were still very long and the um, DualShock buttons yeah. were, were like engraved inside. Like belly button things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and so, so it's interesting. And it was called the Dual Analog Controller. That's right. I figured those controllers would be quite rare these days compared to uh, the other family. Okay, let, let's quickly go through the next two. The next two were, of course, um, the uh, DualShock, the original DualShock controller, and the DualShock 2 for the PlayStation 2, which are identical in every single way except for the color. One is gray, one is black. And the fact that DualShock 2 has uh, motion-sensitive buttons which were utilized in games like Metal Gear Solid 2 where you press the button lightly and Snake holds up the gun and then you press it hard and then he shoots. That was cool at the time, mm. right? So what happened is the handles kind of retracted back and became smaller and the, um, the analog sticks now were smooth and facing the outside and you could turn the analog on and off and, of course, we had vibration. And funny enough, that... That design, looking at the six axis which came with the PS3 and the DualShock 3 which followed, it's pretty much the same. All the dimensions are still the same except the analog button has been replaced by the PS button and they're now wireless. What, what are your thoughts on the general family of the, of the DualShock trilogy, Jordan? <laughs> well, I'm sure there's some purists out there who say, bring back the analog button. Who needs this PS Home crap? They want the little red LED and the little analog. Yeah. But it never, it never did anything in, in the games I played. The, I think in, in the very first games, it did, it did well, change it, Jordan, disabled them or whatever. The only reason the analog button was in the second one is because they pretty much... Uh, the, the second one was backwards compatible with the first one, and the first one was backwards compatible with the, with the second one. So you could use the DualShock 2 from the PS2 to, pl to play on the PS1. So they needed but, that gap of uh, backwards compatibility. So the analog. But what did the button do? That's the whole it point. It turned the analog sticks on and off. And why did it need to do that? Because of the backwards compatibility. Because some games, some PS One, some early PS One games didn't support analog stick. And I guess if you were to turn analog sticks on, it wouldn't register as a PlayStation controller. For some of the earlier games, and the game would just break, and you couldn't use the controller. I know, yeah. It sounds pretty crap to yeah. me. It's Sony design, you know, at its best. Um, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds okay, crazy. Yeah. So, but are, are you a fan of the overall DualShock 3? Uh, quickly, let's talk about the 6-axis. Uh, and before that, okay, so at uh, E3 2004 or five, I believe, when Sony first announced the PlayStation 3 back when it had 16 USB slots and it could support like 250 players on one screen and all that kind of stuff and two HDMI ports, it unveiled this what they call the Boomerang controller and it's, it's, it's a very infamous moment in E3 history. Jordan, do you think the Boomerang controller would have been a, 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 a good idea? No, 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 no. It's terrible. Well, for those, this is of course a visual podcast and for those... Uh, who can't, obviously no one can see this, but quickly Google PlayStation Boomerang controller and you'll see basically it is, it's, it's a PlayStation controller like a DualShock, but instead of being a normal shape, it's literally shaped in the form of a boomerang where, you know, uh, that, that, that's the only way you can really explain it. Um, it, it is interesting, very, very interesting um, how who, who at PlayStation suggested that particular shape and what, what happened with in the end, you know. I guess maybe they had a, like a focus group session and people really didn't like to use it. But again, you said, you know, me and you have big hands. Maybe, maybe that would have been a, a bit more fitting uh, for our big hands. 
no, no, okay, no, no. no. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> so, I mean, and now we come to, of course, the first controller which came out was the six-axis controller, uh, not the DualShock 3, because, um, there are, you know, some people say one thing and the other people say the other thing, where, you know, uh, some people say, well, they had to cut costs on the controller because the system was cheap, uh, expensive enough as it is. Other people say that the, there was a lawsuit uh, with Sony and uh, some kind of vibration technology company other people say that uh, they actually couldn't fit everything in there at once so basically what happened when the ps3 first came out the controller was for the lack of a better term gimped as it didn't have any vibration in it instead it had a um, six axis some basic uh, movement wii like technology which was never utilized again jordan did you uh, have you ever played with a six axis yeah i've got one and um, it's if you yeah. Sorry, I just interrupt you. I mean, I, I I've played. A, some of my friends still have a six axis, and they haven't forked out the cash for a for for a dual shock. When you go like from kid, a dual shock back, when you go from a dual shock back to a six axis, it feels like um, it, it's like a phantom controller, like a ghost controller. It feels so yeah. light and soulless. The dual shock is the soul uh, of 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 the the PlayStation controller. The vibration is the soul. So. Without the vibration, it really does feel like something you're holding something dead in your arms. It will never be alive again. It will never vibrate. It will never move. It will never feel you. You will never feel it. You know, it's it's a really dead feeling when you play the games. Yeah, um, when you look at it, the, the plastic's also kind of transparent on the thing. If you hold it up to the light, yeah. the light shines through, mm. and it's kind of like you're like you know, let, let's let's face it, guys. The whole six-axis thing, the the crappy motion control, if you can call it that, mm. it was like a Wii kind of thing, wasn't it? It was like, holy crap, we got to get in this motion thing. You know, it's it's nuts. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think anyone could believe they would have come up with it by themselves, right? Sure. Mm. And all it was ever used for was like aiming grenades when you threw them in Uncharted is about all I can remember. And then um, Ratchet and Clank, a game where you steer like using the dragonfly wings, you know, you tilt it left and right. And it was terrible at that. It was just a, and the pinball thing for hacking. It was just, it never used it for anything. And so making it kind of transparent a little bit, sort of smoky, dark plastic, it's kind of like a Nintendo hint. It's like, hey guys, we're really ripping off Nintendo with this thing. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, I've, I've got, um, I've got one 6-axis controller myself. It came with my old girl, the old 60-gig PS3. Well, the one, the, one that you, the one that you bought second-hand and it had like a really, really badly compressed rap music on it. And, uh... Yeah, 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 like 32K, you know, kilobits <laughs> a second and everything. And it was like um, all these pictures of like little kids dressed up in gang costumes and like playing these little kids like in oh, diapers and God. everything. Playing with Rottweiler yeah. dogs. And you're like, dude, that dog could rip that kid's head off. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, 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 it was a scary thing, but I wanted an original PS3 because that wonderful company, Sony, took away the backwards compatibility. Mm. So I had to make sure I got the original one. Mm. But um, mm. I, I have a friend, and he, he got a DualShock 3 with his PS3, yeah. and he actually likes the 6-axis controller a lot, and he likes it because it's light. And I can, I can actually understand that. I can understand why people would think, oh, my hands are so weak, I can't hold a fat-ass controller like a DualShock 3. It's got two little tiny motors inside of it. You know, my wrist can't support that. I'm a 24-year-old old male you know um, <laughs> they've never held the original uh, xbox controller then have they <laughs> uh, well yeah i mean he's been around me enough that some of the fanboyism has sort of rubbed off, rubbed him. off yeah, on him, he, yeah. he wouldn't put up that kind of crap yeah, yeah, yeah. um but 
I can understand that, but I just like to define it. You know, there's one moment where the DualShock Three really stands on its own, oh, yes. and um, I would probably say that the DualShock Three would be my favorite controller of mm. all time. Um, yes, just because I've grown up with Sony that's, all my that's, life. That's what, what I was going to ask next. I mean, it has been you know the prominent controller throughout. I mean, Nintendo one of, has had not just Nintendo. I think everyone except Sony, Microsoft, uh, Sega back when they were in the game have had. A different controller every single um, yeah. generation, and I guess it was the, the need to innovate. And I, I, I guess the, I don't have, I don't know the person of the, the name of the person who designed the, the DualShock, the original PlayStation controller. Maybe it was a team of people, but I think they hit the nail right in the head. You know, it's it's a timeless design, and so, some people don't like it, but I think the controller pretty much does everything you need it to do. Um, the size is right. You know, there's the right amount of buttons, and I think people are just used to it. You know, that design. Everyone is just used to that design. Uh, looking back at the history of Nintendo, you know, it started off with this big square, then it became a bit more rounder, then it turned into the N64 controller, which was just just this this try. This is when you know when companies try to innovate, but they try to innovate too much, and you get the N64 controller with like the the you know the upside down W shaped thing where you know you can kind of play first person shooters with one hand but you won't be able to jump or do anything except walk and shoot and um, and then they had the GameCube which was and now they have the Wii and so a controller is it's it's interesting how and I think this should definitely be a conversation for the, for the next week where you know controller and uh, how games have changed and they they've tried to innovate with the controller but when you think about it the first true step away from the DualShock has been this PlayStation Move. And even the PlayStation Move has elements of the DualShock in it. It's got the same analog sticks, the same X uh, triangle, and all that kind of stuff. So you can really see the the, 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 the preeminence you know, the, of, of the DualShock controller there in, in video game culture. Yes? Yeah, as I was saying before someone interrupted me, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um... It really is probably my favorite controller, and that would just be because of familiarity with it. And um, I think the the DualShock Three is awesome. But there's this one moment where I was so glad the vibration—it's back. It's back. And it was playing the first Bad Company. And when you're crouching in the bushes as a sniper, you know, as opposed to when you're you know crouching in the bushes in real life, um, it was just great sitting there in the bushes with the sniper rifle out. And as the tank comes close, you can feel the rumbling. You can yes. feel the rumbling of the treads, yes. the, the feeling of weight, and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And it literally was going to run me over because it didn't see mm. me. It was an enemy tank. And I think about my poor little friends with their weak little wrists going, Oh, my 6-axis, my 6-axis, so light, so light. Um, that they just wouldn't be able to handle the jangle. No, and they, wouldn't be no, able to, they wouldn't be able to handle the power of the vibration. It yeah. would snap those little wrists of theirs in half. Mm. And it was great knowing that a tank was going to kill me. So I really appreciate the DualShock 3 for saving my life in a video game. I think as, as, as an old school, more of an old school gamer, I think the DualShock does a lot more for me than like the Kinect and the Wii. You know, that force feedback. Because, you know, you, you sense the, the world through your eyes and your hands mostly, you know, you touch things with your hands, you touch the textures, 
the shapes of things. So, you know, getting, you know, when you are playing something like a first-person shooter or an adventure game, something like L.A. Noir, where the DualShock is an essential part of it, it really, really immerse, it immerses you in the world a lot more. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's going to be, unfortunately, I think the only topic we'll be able to do with myself, uh, Jordan. I'm going to, through the magic of technology and editing, I'm going to let you get back to the uh, the other guys right now. So, um, so yeah, uh, thank you very much for having me in this part of the show, and I'll hopefully be back next week. So, back to you, everyone. Hello and welcome, people, to the Patriot Cast. This is Saturday, um, July 2nd of 2011. Uh, we're recording here. Uh, Andrew is uh, absent today. He was... Dead. Uh, uh, <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, killed by I don't know who. No, uh, but uh, I guess you guys are gonna hear him uh, at the beginning of this recording, correct? Uh, oh well, I'm sorry. Uh, this is my co-host Jordan Wyatt for the day. It's just uh, me and him. So how are you, Jordan? Oh man, I'm good. I, I escaped the Ukrainian mafia. They're like, you want a Godfather? <laughs> You know, they all talk like Andrew, and um, yeah, they put the gun in my mouth, and like they flew to my house in New Zealand, and they got him in, in the UK, wherever he is, and I don't know, it's a small country, that <laughs> lot. And um, yeah, they gave me a bit of sort of smack around with the pistol butt around the face a couple of times. I got kind of like the sort of cult logo, <laughs> like stuck in my eye. And <laughs> um, pistol whipped. Yeah, 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 like a little bitch. And um, <laughs> yeah, apart from that, I'm, I'm quite good. All right, that sounds, that sounds excellent. So... Uh, so that's what happened right there at the beginning, right? With that little, um, yeah, yeah. the little you hit record on your phone while you were running away, and that's the explanation. Interior. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's dedicate the show to the memory of Andrew. He was a good yeah, man. This, this show is dedicated to the memory of Andrew. I'm sure he'll be uh, joining us on, on, I guess, in spirit. <laughs> that's how you say it. Uh, <laughs> And uh, we're going to lead with this uh, uh, thing, this story, because uh, if uh, you all remember last time, last um, last week, we were talking about video games, uh, violent video games being actually actually good for, uh, you know, for people not to act violently uh, and not to act out on it. <clears throat> so this week I have sort of a, should I say, a follow up? And it's about the Supreme Court uh, rejecting the ban on violent video games here in California, which has been like underdeveloped, like uh, or should I say under development, I guess, uh, for a few um, months now. Uh, this is something that came out, I don't know, like a few, <laughs> even a few years ago, where um, a group of people uh, got together to try to tricking down the law or whatever so uh, I have an update here from it this this comes from the USA today uh, I think they were, this was printed on yeah Monday and it says um, Washington the Supreme Court's groundbreaking decision Monday stricken down Californians California's ban on the sale of violent video games to minors represents a landmark moment for the gaming industry and lifts a threat to its creative development. Okay, so um, <clears throat> this is this is pretty much the gist of what happened. Uh, there was a ban in California on selling video games to minors. Um, it was all good and everything, but it it, it kind of interjected or 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 block the um, uh, first 
First uh, Amendment right, which is uh, freedom of speech, and uh, <laughs> and video games uh, are now, how should I say, prote protected under that under freedom of speech uh, right, and it didn't, it, it it wasn't so so bad before. I mean, it it came down to this: it was movies are protected, music are protected. All other like kinds of art and media are protected, but video games didn't fall under that, you know, protection somehow. Even though they're like pretty related to all of those other media, so <clears throat> that's why these people got together and um, and 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 got that ban rejected. So, which means now is that uh, you know. Freedom of speech is protected, and on 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 the creation of video games now they don't have to be, you know, scared of what the the content they put on the video games. Like, oh, is this gonna make people angry, or is this gonna make our game not come to fruition because, you know, we put like the picture of you know a guy hitting somebody or something like that. And uh, <clears throat> they keep um, the the people that uh, are, were against it keep uh, bringing up a lot of like oh in this video game you, you know it shows you raping a girl and and hitting her and doing this they pretty much only refer to one video game which i don't even know which one it is like i don't know if 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 anybody who listens to the, this podcast has um, actually played that video game because like i've never heard of it and um i i was i was uh looking the other day at most violent video games <clears throat> um to see what you know to see what games were there and and pretty much i know a lot of the a lot of the um, a lot of the games but i i haven't really played them they're not under like my radar or anything like that and yeah one of them uh i think it's called oh i forget the name of it um well, one of the games you like, there's this guy who walks around like a city or something, and like, it kind of looks like a Grand Theft Auto kind of game, and like he he carries like different weapons, and like he can like hit anybody on the street or do whatever he wants. It's like a billion games like that. It sounds like <laughs> I know, and uh, and and in this game in particularly, there's the the guy has like under his arsenal or weaponry. It's he has like a giant dildo that looks like a baseball bat kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and like I remember just looking at that, and I was like, "What the hell is this? That's that's just like I don't know. To me, it just seems like ridiculous. Like it doesn't even seem violent to me because it's a, a, a game. A giant, a giant dildo that looks like a baseball bat. I think Javier, it's just a baseball bat, and it's just your overactive imagination. <laughs> no, 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 no. Seriously, seriously, it 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 would wiggle like you know. Okay, it, okay, okay. Like, <laughs> We're yeah, I didn't want it to get graphic, but yeah, yeah, that's that 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 was the point. I mean. There was that game. There was another game. Like a lot of the games, like seem seem uh, like when they're like violent or whatever, seem to be like pretty phallic centric. There was this other one where a guy has a gun and like he put he points it like kind of like on his crotch and like the gun like grows like I don't know four times its size or something like that. But like to me, all of that is just ridiculous. It's like it's that's not I don't consider that violence and like gore or you know anything that crazy i mean to me it's like watching a cartoon just like for adults so i don't know what you had to say about this jordan i think I, I already talked a lot yeah um i i have to say what the hell kind of games are this that people are talking about but <laughs> um 
I I'm just noticing it here being um, a quote from the from the article. What sense does it make to forbid selling to a 13-year-old boy a magazine with an image of a nude woman? Uh, Scalia wrote, while protecting a sale to that 13-year-old of an interactive video game in which he actively but virtually binds and gags the woman, then tortures and kills her. What kind of First Amendment right, blah, blah, blah. Well, see, I think the whole damn problem is the Constitution in the first place. This whole thing like, the Constitution says this, the Constitution says this, you're not going to take my guns away from me. The homosexuals <laughs> are the devil because the Thomas Jeffersons didn't say the homos are the okay. You know, fighting over a Constitution, I mean, we don't really do that in New Zealand. We have... Is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? And it's yeah. not a matter of like a billion lawyers fighting over it for years and billions yeah. of dollar legal fees and like old men fighting over the Bible. It basically is like, does the Bible say this? Does the Bible say that? I say get the hell rid of the Bible in the first place. <laughs> um, and I know that all the American listeners will be like, <clears throat> you know, the idea of getting rid of the Constitution would be a terrifying <laughs> thing for them. Um, almost as terrifying as being bound and gagged and tortured with some kind of dildo bat thing like Javier describes. Um, yeah, see, one, one of the things is that the, the Constitution was written like, I don't know, like two, three hundred years ago. Uh, and and uh, it's not up to today's standards. So a lot of people... A lot of people You'll be pissing them off, Javier. You're no, really it's true. It's angry. true. It's true. And a lot of people have proposed that, uh, you know, it should be rewritten. But, you know, it's the Constitution, so it's like forbidden. And uh, there's there's uh, also the idea that, you know, a kid is going to do exactly what he sees on TV. It's just crazy. Like, to me, there's only, like, either you are born a violent person or you're not. That's the whole thing for me. So, yeah, you can continue. Yeah, um, I think we do fundamentally disagree on this. We both think the other person's crazy, and yet somehow we manage to keep our voices, you know, uh, measured, let's say. And mm -hmm. we both get to talk about this. Um, I definitely think that violent media of all kinds, I mean, I think uh, I, re I grew up reading old war books and things, and they talk about, like, blowing people up, and there was sex and pornography and descriptions in books. Um, you know, from all from all generations, I grew up with books from the 50s, you know, reading um, with parents who have a second-hand and antique store, having mm -hmm. a lot of old books that I used to read, like Biggles, the, the World War II pilot, and you could say that's sort of glorifying... World War Two violence and shooting down people in Africa and it, and it sort of like has a lot of racist things in old books from like the 50s it's like the white people like rule over the African people and all that kind of stuff it's like um, this isn't quite PC today um, yeah I do think that all kinds of violent media do have an effect on people and uh, whether it's a, an angry aggressive song like Eminem songs where he literally kills the wife and mother of his child and puts her in the back of his car and dumps the body oh, in the yeah, river yeah. while telling uh -huh. his daughter little Haley that mummy's going swimming to see how long she can <laughs> hold her breath for and what's that red stain, sweetie? Oh, that's just uh, tomato sauce. She was really clumsy. Isn't mummy stupid? You know? Um, I think I thought that was horrible the first time I heard it when I was about, I don't know, 13 or whenever that, that uh, Slim Shady LP came out. And um, I think all kinds of media has a has a bad influence on people. Um, I don't agree that it will make people go nuts any more than, I don't know, I've seen lots of movies that are pro-war and it didn't make me want to sign up for the army, but I mm -hmm. think a lot of people have. And um, like Top Gear, Top Gear, Top Gun, <laughs> Top Gear. <laughs> top Gear. Um, to it's early in the morning, guys. 
yeah. uh, Top Gun, they actually had uh, Navy recruitment officers stationed at, at theatres and things in America, which I f- found hard to believe until I saw actual pictures of it. You know, the idea of Harvey is going to go to some movies like, well, I'm going to be Tom Cruise. I'm going to play volleyball on a beach and fly an F-14 Tomcat. You know, like, <laughs> sign up here, boy. He'll end up being like a janitor or something on an aircraft carrier, like working below ground with like roaring like sirens and engine noise all the damn time until he gets blown up by, I don't know, Al-Qaeda, because, you know, Al-Qaeda are so dangerous, you know. They're going to be blowing up aircraft carriers with Javier on board. Um, I do think things like that do glamorize things, and if I do get to have a sound, and I, I do think a video game would, where it's interactive, like, um, the prostitute is here, grab the prostitute, okay, push X to rape her, bam, 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 you know, <laughs> push Y to, like, chop her head off and dump her in the car that you stole by pushing triangle, you know, okay, now put the, you know, drive the car to the trash compactor. I'm just describing things, okay, not rape, but um, I'm, <laughs> I'm picking them up from the USA Today article, this rape thing. I don't really know many games where you rape people. And, Me yeah. either. <laughs> um, GTA 3, it had games, it had missions like that where you had to kill someone and put the body in the back and then drop them off at a trash compactor to get rid of the evidence. I do think things like that are generally bad, and maybe it won't make little little Johnny go out there and kill people who own a pet <laughs> food company killing other animals and chopping them up into a little can and, and then they'll chop him up and put him into like some kind of car compactor but um, surely you know I don't know um, I have definitely think that little kids could do generally negative things and caused by that and um, like last night I was out watching my friends who play in a punk rock band and it's not my kind of thing and they have songs um, they're for, and they're in their 40s you know they're mature people and they're decent people and great friends Um they have songs where every other word is if this and you're an effing C and, and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think it makes my friends out of control, but I definitely think they don't enjoy playing that kind of music that they that they write and sing. They don't like playing it in front of their uh, five-year-old daughter, for example. Um, and I was sitting uh, on, at the bar, I was sitting next to a bunch of skinheads and they're all wearing their little jack- jackets made out of skin and they've got like little swastikas and things tattooed on their hair and if this man, you're those <laughs> C words and, you know... Um, where do they get it you know where do they get all this sort of nazi swastikas and things that they've got on them um they've grown up with media and sort of uh idolizing all this kind of crazy shit and um i studied world war Two in you know history class i didn't grow up to be a, a nazi white supremacist thug um but apparently people have and um, the day's young <laughs> yeah, pl- plenty of time left for me and javier to join the neo-nazis yeah. um <laughs> yeah this should be the name of the show <laughs> Jordan and Javier join the neo-Nazis it'll be like that what is it Harold and Kamar go to White Castle those kind of stoner movies you know, I know. Um, yeah I think those kind of things definitely have a bad impact on people but I think Javier and I just disagree on this so we don't have to kill each other about it because violence isn't the answer is my answer so. yeah we, we we don't have to agree on, on, on every topic here in this show anyway and uh and this is not even the first time we have disagree on on some topic. I think you you have a uh, very strong opinions and 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 you always stick to them. You you know you never seem to change your uh, your position to like oh I guess it's not that bad and this hey, that. You, hey, well that sounds like a good segue. You know someone else who never seems to change. Who? Oh, Sony. Let's do that story now. Oh, okay. Last. Someone else who never seems to change her opinion on anything. And um, we have a story from Kotaku about yeah. the PlayStation controller. That's pretty cool. Okay, so I'll I'll do that, I guess. <laughs> Since you stayed quiet, I didn't know. Okay, well, we have this from Kotaku. It's, uh, it's really not that long, right? It's just like uh, a series of pictures of uh, 
of the 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 Nintendo I was gonna say <laughs> the, the evolution of the PlayStation control and uh, pretty much um, this guy his name is uh, Luke Plunkett he's the one who wrote the article and it says it's perhaps the the most iconic design in the world of game controllers and definitely the longest serving. Today, in total recall, we look back at over 15 years of PlayStation control paths. So, uh, you were telling me this is a show, right? Or something that they record, or that was a different topic? D different topic. Oh, okay, um, sorry. Okay. I, thought, I thought it'd be cool if Javier and I just talk about our own experiences growing up with the, well, basically the same PlayStation controller for the PS1. Uh, Javier, what did you think about it when you got a PlayStation 1? I mean, did you like the controller and everything? Well, yeah, let me let me just like say this. It, it was like, you know, I was used to the what is it that the I I'm guessing yeah, the Nintendo Super Nintendo uh <laughs> controls, you know, you had the A B time. Huh? <laughs> that was before, before your time. time. No, it was I was growing it up before it. your time. You were you, I never had one. You never had one? Well, it doesn't we were, matter. We were it Sega. Yeah. Oh, we I had a Sega Genesis. Which had the the, but that, that's the the Mega Drive? I think we call it the Mega Drive here, and you guys call it the Genesis and that at yeah. America place. Which which had the the, the weirdest uh, layout of controls because you <laughs> only had three buttons, and let's say you wanted to play Street Fighter, you need uh, six buttons for Street Fighter. So this is what you would do on Street Fighter. If you wanted to you know punch, you press any of the three buttons. But if you wanted to kick, you have to press start and then press one of those three buttons to to do any of your kicks. So you had to pretty much toggle between kick and punch. So there was no, no really a good way of doing the combo when you like would jump from inside, uh, uh, you know, up top and do a kick, punch, and then uh, something else. You would have to be super fast to do it any. Sounds of sounds a lot like the PSP and Peace Walker, you know, like what kind <laughs> of idiot makes triangle, circle, X, and square for like a camera button? But yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that that's what, how my brother and and I would play. And I know this was this. Uh, there was other controls that had you know. Uh, another three buttons, kind of like on, on the on the on the top of the original three buttons. So you had like the, the six button layout, and you can use them all with your thumb, which was like pretty cool. Instead, uh, instead of the uh, uh, the Super Nintendo had the the two shoulder buttons, kind of like triggers, which made it worse for me when I was playing uh, uh, fighting games because you know I I'm pretty bad at using like the trigger buttons, except if it's for, like for shooting or something like that. But that doesn't have to do much in this case. I just wanted to point out like how like the controllers that I was used to before I got the you know to play any any Sony machines and uh then when this crazy thing came out called the Sony PlayStation with you know with the the new technology the the digital disc yeah that thing will never <laughs> go anywhere <laughs> yeah exactly I remember a lot of people like discussing oh is is the disc the future of the games or are we gonna stay like with uh with the flash cartridges forever and I I I seem to think that <laughs> uh, the disc was gonna take off and and <laughs> we're gonna do away with cartridges. Hey, I I, I want to mention one. I want to mention something here just because you you yeah. brought it up. I remember people with the Nintendo 64, a certain Desmond Rickerink, who may or may not be listening. Hey, Des. Um, I remember there was a thing about Nintendo 64 people whose parents bought them a Nintendo 64 since we were just little kids back in the day. Well, Javier was, uh, I don't know, 50 Teenager or something. <laughs> about 50 or 60 back then, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. Something like that. I seem to do to go the, the Benjamin Button yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. way. On my he only age. gets younger, guys. <laughs> um, 
so I remember some people had the Nintendo 64 and it was all like, oh, you know, you can stand on the thing and it won't snap the cartridge for the Nintendo 64, you can stand on it, and it's like, who the hell came up with that, eh? Like, how often do you decide to stand on the cartridge or something? And, oh, you know, the disc will scratch, oh. And that, that seemed to be a problem, didn't it? Um, scratching, I remember, like, everyone was all worried about scratches and stuff because games cost, you know, 100 plus bucks here. You know, it's big money. Yeah. And, um, like, disc resurfacing, I don't really remember people doing that for the PS3 now. Um, the video rental yeah. shops, you know, they'd basically like shave off a bit of it to get rid of any chips and pits in it. And yeah. um, it just seems that they made the discs better with the PS3, like stronger material. And, and yeah, so maybe that disc thing, it really did have a future ahead of it, eh? <laughs> yeah, if, if you're not me, you're not going to be breaking your uh, your PS3 discs like how I just did last weekend. Oh, that's a man. different story. <laughs> yeah, I, I broke my uh, one of my games, but that's a different story. We can keep going with this. And, and just, just to add to what you were saying, yeah, uh, when I saw the PlayStation you know, PlayStation remote. It was pretty funny because one of the things that I thought, like, it's like, what are they going to do when, when they have to come out with a new, like, gaming system? Are they going to add more buttons? And I, I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, how is the controller going to be? Where are they going to add more buttons? That Maybe they're going to add two more buttons. It's going to be like six like six triggers. Or, like, I remember having like, the, these thoughts because it was pretty crazy at the time that, uh, you went from like let's say Atari, it had one button to Nintendo, it had two buttons to Super Nintendo, it had six buttons to you know to now PlayStation, it has eight buttons. So it just keeps growing, and you're like, where are all the buttons gonna be in the future? Is it gonna be like one button for each like one of my fingers and my thumbs, and and there's gonna be extra buttons that you have to be like extra fast to press and all that. And and I remember like not only being excited because you know it was thinking about the future. But also being excited for games because I was thinking, oh, you can do more things. You know, you can, you can, you can move your arms with one button or something like that. And 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 that's when when uh, when we jumped from not only the regular, you know, PlayStation remote to the the second one, which was the dual analog controller, which had the 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 two, you know, um, thumbsticks for you to look around. And that's that was another crazy, uh, crazy, pretty crazy thing that I, I like, you know, I, I was pretty ignorant at the time, and I'm still sort of ignorant, so <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even know what that was for. I was like, what is, what are these two? And and people like, all I could, you know, make up was like, oh, you can, you can move around, I guess, like with 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 the one at the right next to the, next to the D pad. But what's the, you know, <clears throat> what's the one? The other one gonna do is is it for is it for also moving around or something? And I remember seeing like creative th things uh, done with this con you know with this second control. I mean, it was it was pretty crazy to see all this thing. Then um, I don't know after that. I guess the next one that came over uh, came on to like PlayStation was the. Um, the one with the with the rumble, I guess the DualShock, the, the Dual Shock Two, which was a, a pretty. Um, I mean, the Dual Shock Two was mostly for the PlayStation Two, right? Oh yeah, it came uh, out for PS Two. The Dual Shock yeah. One and the Dual Shock Two for the PS Two. So it says that the Dual Shock Two was almost identical to the Dual Shock in appearance. The only difference is being that the DS Two face buttons yeah. were pressure sensitive. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Aside from that, uh, color differentiations, they really were almost exactly 
same pad. You could even use DS2 controllers and on a PS1 and DS1 controllers on a PS2. So they were interchangeable. And I remember one of the fun things about, you know, this pressure sensitive with the dual DualShock is that uh, I pretty much on the PlayStation 2, I think the game that I played the most was uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 and Metal Gear Solid 2. Uh, why, why are you laughing? <laughs> yeah, and... and uh, and and I remember that when you point, point you know, would point the gun, you you could just like hold like the button a little bit and you just point the gun. But if you like press it too hard, you shoot, and you could just like press the button to point the gun and then let it go, and you just like be pointing. I remember that. But, yeah, a, c- a certain Mister Andrew Blythe mentioned that in this clip, which you'll be hearing right now. <laughs> He's gonna edit it in. Um. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, it, obviously it was a big feature to a lot of people, the idea of pressure-sensitive buttons and holding up the gun a little bit and pulling it a bit harder to make it shoot and, and everything. Um, and then we, we round up with, like, the six-axis, don't we? Like, you know, motion control. Mm. Did you think that was a big thing, Javier? Uh, the six-axis? Yeah, or, or motion the, control. <laughs> well, the the six-axis, I mean... You you say I mean I don't know what what your opinion exactly is because I I've heard you say so many things about it, but I think uh, your complaint mostly was when they uh they they didn't feature you know rumble on the six axis they took so, it out <laughs> yeah and they took it out but you know the original six axis I um thankfully I didn't you know really have to use it because I, I was the second <laughs> generation of the PS3 which oh. does feature the six axis. And, DualShock. DualShock. and the yeah, and the dual shock, the rumble, and and I have to say the six axis is is pretty inventive, you know, like um, <laughs> the, well, the Nintendo. You're, you're, Wii, you're gonna the, you're gonna have the, fun the, listening to this, mate. You're really gonna have fun listening to this. <laughs> to Everyone's what part? gonna have fun you, listening to this. To you complaining? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're like complete opposite. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. I mean, they they, they came out with the um. With the Wii, right? So, yeah. so the the PlayStation needed something something that was gonna be sort of comparable to to what the what they were doing. So they came out with this controller that you could probably like. I remember the big feature at the time was they were showing like this airplane game. I don't remember like you were like uh, on a jet or something, and you could control the jet with your controller, like go up and down, like oh, left and forth. Is it a war, like, Warhawk or whatever? Warhawk, I think it? so. I think yeah. it was it's Warhawk. It's like the only game, and people always loved playing uh, with the six and all that. Well, people. it's not. It's not because... <laughs> Name uh, one other one. I, I'm afraid I'm afraid that I'm, I'm going to have to like uh, uh, be... be uh, what is it called? Uh bah. Whatever. A it's not because <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I did play um why do I always forget the name of this game? Oh, it's called Flow. And Flow oh, it's yeah. it Flow it's pretty yeah. much a two D game where yeah, you it's like can, a, Yeah, it's you like have, one of those superior hardcore iOS games, isn't it? It's not really a bam bam two six game. Yeah, it's 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 a sort of like a, a non like non threatening game. It's like pretty much you're like this little sort of bacteria yeah, yeah, or yeah. little animal and, and you eat other animals and you start growing up and growing up and growing up and you go through stages of your life. It's pretty much like an artsy game, but it's pretty relaxing and pretty like pretty cool to play. If if anyone has the opportunity to play Flow, I I, I uh recommend it highly. Um 
And I remember using the DualShock for that. And uh, I mean, not the, the six axis. And it was a little bit confusing at times because, you know, you have to like for me, like if 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 I want to look down with my eyes, I look down with my eyes. But if I want to move with a controller, it's a little bit different. And then like it's 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 sensitive. It, it's really is sensitive and, and, and sort of precise to movement. You can't really like do like a quick turn like like, oh, you're like some sort of like. <laughs> badass driver that you think you are but in reality you're doing the movement like so wrong that that you know it throws throws it out of whack on the on the tv um and i remember yeah having fun with that having fun with uh uh actually top gun i bought top gun for the ps3 and uh <laughs> I, I i i was playing top gun with the two with the six axis it, it's it's not a bad thing i mean <sighs> i know you hate it you hate it yeah you hate it but I uh, the opportunities that I have had to use it, it has not been bad. And I even remember that, you know, Kojima had to, to like do something with it on on Metal Gear Solid Four. So what did he do? He like he did this whole thing with the with the Zorro and Mantis dolls, where you had to like uh, waggle the control up and down, like to, to make whatever you're holding and you know with okay. with the doll. Move and it was it was it was still a sort of walking. Did, you, and did fun. you enjoy that though? So yeah, I did enjoy it because it it was walking oh. and fun. You know, you, you get one of the one of the guards or whatever, and they they're just like hanging like marionettes, and then you just like move it and you shake them, and you can throw them like like far away and stuff like that. So it was it was pretty fun for me. I mean, I I know you have like different opinions, but it doesn't matter. Like I said before, it's that this is a program of opinions and. We all have to have different opinions, or else this would be a crazy thing. It's kind and of like a talk show having the Republican and the Democrat, and they both like fight <laughs> over everything. You know, yeah, like the exactly. Republicans like, "We need to kill more queers in Texas," <laughs> and the Democrats were like, "We need to hug everyone. Everyone needs a hug. Vegan hug." I'm still like Michael Jackson now. Um, <laughs> yeah, you do. So yeah, they get like the two people, and, and then you no know, backstage, the Republican, in this case, Javier, kills the Democrat. <laughs> Um, glad we've got a whole plant well, between us. Buddy. Why am I the Republican? I don't even know. Because like... you're the wrong one. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> the Republican's always, always wrong, so you're the wrong I'm one. I'm always wrong. Okay, that's that's fine. <laughs> I'm always it, wrong. Yeah, you can tell I respect other people's opinions, right? Yeah, highly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that thing in Metal Gear Solid 4, the whole, it was just weird, okay? You're like hiding from this crazy boss, and it's like, shake the controller. It's like, what? I never had to do that in the rest of the game. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, shake it like this, you know? It's like really confusing as hell. Yeah, it was pretty much just for the for the sorrow and the mantis dolls yeah, but it was a big thing you know to get it right before she recovered you know how boss is yeah. like oh i'm hurt i'm gonna stay still for like one second you have to get me now <laughs> you know because that's what happens in real life that's what osama <laughs> bin laden did right you know like when the seal team like they, they did like they dodged all his attacks he's like ak rpg ied you know like blows up and then he's like standing there like you know with like little stars going around his head like he's confused or something they had to get him then so they shot him in the eye then um <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just crazy. Just making it. It's like the end of Uncharted. The whole game, you're just hiding behind things, and you see the same like five enemies: the guy in the yellow shirt and the blue shorts, and the guy with the red shirt and the green <laughs> pants. And you know, it's just a terrible game. And I know Uncharted Two is apparently awesome, and <gasps> I'm gonna buy me a PS Vita for the friggin' Uncharted Three. It's the best game ever. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that's a real person, not some kind of Sony computer program. You know, the AI from Metal Gear Solid Two. 
Um, they program it to say something. <laughs> yeah, at the end of Uncharted, so you get to the final boss after like five, ten hours for the first time of gameplay, and then it's like, quick, triangle, circle, X, square! It just like pops up on the screen like some kind of Tekken <laughs> combo, and if you don't get it right, you, you lose, he actually kills you. And so yeah. I, I, I got that bit, and then it's like, what the hell just happened? I died, you know? I that was, was the whole battle? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, you, you're fighting normally, then it just, it's like, quick, push these four buttons in this order right now! And I was like, one second too late because I was so confused and my friend Ted seen it and he got it first time because he'd already seen me do it and like he's like what the hell and um, so yeah Whittier beat it Dears um, so yeah the DualShock 3 I mean I think it's just a great thing and it's my favourite controller ever yeah yeah the DualShock 3 was, was this is the, 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 the control we're using these days right the, it says wireless motion sensing tech of the 6 axis sorry Jordan but also found room to squeeze Rumble Pack into the pad. It remains Sony's primary control to this day. And you know why would you get rid of the Rumble? It's just, it's it's a mystery to me because no, no it was a it was a patent li- lawsuit, and Sony lied about that, and that's another thing that I kicked them in the butt for. Wait, they say that it, again. It was a lawsuit thing that some other company owned uh, Immersion Tech. They owned the the Vibrate sure. kind of thing, uh-huh. the force feedback or whatever you want to call it. They owned it, and Sony basically would have had to pay up, you know, millions, tens of millions. I thought it was like fifty or ninety million or something. Um, Microsoft went through with it. Sony fought it, and in the end, they're like, Sony, we're not going to let you have, you know, the DualShock Three. And so Sony, being Sony, that wonderful company that cares about the customer, <laughs> who's, who's bought the PS One and the PS Two, and probably bought two of them because they always seem to break after, you know, so many years. All my friends seem to have had, you know, at least two consoles. <laughs> um, I only had one PS One, but I had two PS Twos. Um, you know, they're like, oh, who needs that rumble thing? That's so old generation. This generation, we invented motion controls. Ignore that Wii thing that we copied. You know, we invented motion gaming at Sony. We're Sony. We're cool. We're Sony. You don't need vibration. <laughs> yeah, friggin' right. You know, every game relies on vibration. No game relies on that six-axis crap. Uh, that's Jordan's opinion, and that apparently doesn't represent... No, that, that, that is completely true. You are you are 100% right. Yeah. Someone make a clip of that. We'll be like, I am the champion. I, I will make a clip of it, uh, me <laughs> saying that you're right. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 stupid to think that you know that was gonna take over the the rumble because the rumble had been like pretty much sort of a, a standard now for what like a few years, yeah. and and yeah, there, there's another company that owned owned the technology or whatever, but you know. At that point in time, I think Sony could have just made their own technology and, and uh, it would have been even cheaper than fighting it in court or whatever. Well, well, the thing with the patent is just they basically owned it and there's no way to get around it, you know, like to have a motor with a little weight on it spinning inside the thing and everything. There's yeah. no way to do it because the patent, you know, it's, I hate the, the US patent system and it's just all patent. Yeah, yeah. It depends on how you say it. Patent, patent, you know. Yeah, the US, but I, you know. I, know, I know the patent exists, but at a certain point, the patent, it's a... Uh, it's pretty much public uh, public dominion, and and you can uh, pretty much copy it. Uh, I've learned that a while ago. That uh, yeah. even though a patent is made, you know, after a few years, you can uh, pretty much just <laughs> do the same thing and, and make money. The thing is with like Disney, and that you know they they keep extending it, the copyright and all that. Yeah, and patents yeah. keep extending it all the time. So it's meant to be, you know, pretty much after the author dies or after so many years. But yeah, before it's public domain. But 
Um, yeah, um, it's a big story, and I think it's crap that Sony did try and spin it otherwise. Oh, no, 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 who needs that DualShock thing? We got the Six <laughs> Axis now. They even gave it a cool name, Six Axis. Yeah, um, like success. It sounds like kind of like success. Like <laughs> so, uh, for the loyal listeners, we have exactly three minutes before your old mate Jordan has to run off to another vegan cooking class, and it's his highlight of the month. So I thought it'd be cool for that we got two extra exciting news things. And um, I'll let Javier go first. He's got an exciting accessory for his iPhone, which is totally the best device mm. ever, isn't it, Javier? Yeah, I actually bought this uh, this on on uh, Amazon, and the retail price is like about a hundred dollars or so. But I got it for seventeen, and it's uh, it's it's Kensington brand, and it's a uh, uh, called Liquid Ox Deluxe for iPhone. Uh, and it's this like auxiliary car kit, uh, sort of like a caddy that you plug into your um, your um, cigarette lighter on your car, and it holds your iPad. Uh, I mean, your iPad, your iPhone, or, or your iPod, and you can basically adjust the side like side wings to make it like shorter, smaller, whatever. But the cool mm-hmm. feature is that not only it charges your phone, but it lets you hear your music because it it actually has an auxiliary cable coming out of you know coming out of it. That you don't like need to plug it into your iPod or whatever. So that's good. You put it onto your, your auxiliary on your radio on your car, and you charge your phone. <clears throat> sorry, and listen to music at the same time. And apart from that, it comes with a little remote control that it's attachable to your steering wheel. Ooh. So <laughs> so you can pretty much drive while you play your music. And uh, the controller has the feature for shuffle, for play and stop. And for uh, you know, fast forward and rewind on you know. On hey Javier, your... can I jump in? Yeah. Do you have that um, LMFAO group in America? Is it like big? You know, every day I'm shuffling. It seems to be yeah, like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's there. Yeah. Okay, they're I, international. I, don't, I I haven't you know I don't listen to their music. Yeah, either do I. But haven't it just seems any, to have any of taken songs, over. But it, yeah, I've seen I've seen their posters or okay. whatever. Okay, it seems to have taken over the world. I don't know if it's just a UK, you know, US, <laughs> Who knows? Everyone no, no, talks about it. It is one of those global yeah. things. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, yeah, you can you can do all those you know those those four kind of features on your on your iPhone while you drive, and it's it's pretty safe because you're still holding that steering wheel, and you don't really need to take your eyes off the road, you know, to pause the song or whatever because uh, you get a feel for it where the you know where the 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 thing is. It's just like a little like uh, upside down rectangle, and and you know you press. You press any button you want that you need, and yeah, I I recommend it. It's uh, I used it last night. It's pretty sturdy. It seems like material's pretty good. Uh, the brand, I guess, uh, I'm I'm guessing it's a it's a it's a good brand, since uh you know retail price is like a hundred something dollars. And yeah, yeah, uh, go ahead. It's a it's a Kensington Liquid Ox, so you can look it up. And it gets the Javier thumbs up, and that means Javier's yep. opinion does reflect the Patriot cast. And so, <laughs> what would you give it out of 10, Javier? Just, you know, for what it is. And, for, I mean, it's not going to cure cancer. He knew that when he bought it for $17, <laughs> right? Yeah, for, for the price for the price that I paid, I mean, I didn't pay top price, but that doesn't mean that it's not a good product. Because, you know, like I said, retail price is about $100. Uh, actually, I, I, what I got was a deal. And <clears throat> I, I would give it... Probably like a nine out of ten. It's it's a pretty good well, a good product. I think I think it's it's gonna do their its job well. Well, it sounds really good, and it sounds like something that Jordan would give at least a four out of ten. So <laughs> that, if if Javier gives it a nine, I'd give it at least a four. It sounds like that sounds pretty good. Um, I have a really exciting product too, 
and it's called the Mophi, which is how I pronounce it. Mophi, Morphe, it's M-O-P-H-I-E. Mophi is how I say it. Juice mm-hmm. Pack Plus. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. And it's like a rubbery case that goes over an iPhone. And um, I hate cases, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing that makes this cool, that makes it the Juice Pack Plus, is the fact it's got a battery built into it. And um, so basically it connects to the iPhone through the dock connector at the bottom. And um, it, it has a USB on one side to charge the battery inside. It has a little switch, an on and off switch on the other side for the battery pack. And on the bottom it has a button you push and it lights up some uh, four LEDs to tell you how much of its batteries are remaining. And um, it's really cool. So uh, I wanted it for when I'm geocaching, which uses a lot mm-hmm. of battery. And also when I go up to Auckland, um, I might have times when I can't get to a wall socket and I really need to use, you know, to charge the damn phone. And so it's basically like I'm going to use it like a removable battery, let's say. Um, Mm -hmm. When my phone gets low, I'll put it into this thing. It makes the phone about twice as thick, which is, you know, not terrible for an iPhone 4 because it's, you know, really thin and everything. But Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, it's the worst thing in the world, the idea that my phone's going to get that, like, couple millimeters or whatever thicker it's gonna it's gonna kill me man you know there's a there's a twitter account called first world pains or first world troubles or something you know it's like all the things we people in the first world like new zealand have to worry about it's like oh man my chips got cold it's like first world pains is the hashtag you know oh man i i didn't have my like favorite song on the radio just now i'm gonna have to wait till like 10 minutes time you know that's a first world pain um so I've heard yeah that my, before if my phone has to be a little bit thicker for, you know, an hour or whatever it takes to charge while it's sitting in my pocket, you know, when I'm not really having to use it, you know, I, I'm fine with that. I think it's a really cool gizmo. Um, it's worth about a hun- it's worth something like a hundred American bucks as well, which sounds bloody expensive, mm-hmm. these accessories, you know. They yeah. seem to have a lucrative deal. Um, <laughs> being able to just sort of charge us Apple users out the bum, they're like, oh, these guys will pay anything for anything just to make the little iPhones, their precious little iPhones better. Um so it sounds like a really cool thing and some people will leave it on all the damn time uh, I think that's nuts personally but you know it's it's really sturdy it's made out of uh, soft touch plastic that kind of rubbery plastic feeling thing it feels kind of nice in your hand but at the same time it's not a piece of glass so it feels kind of cheap and nasty and android like and so he hates it we hates it forever precious mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's a it's a pretty cool case and the idea of a battery <laughs> built into a case I mean you know you're living in the future with like the jet cars and hovering and spaceships and all that when your phone case has a battery in it. And so it's really cool. And um, being Jordan, I mean, this is uh, something I paid a hundred bucks for. It's (laughs) something I'm going to rely upon. I'm I'm quite sure of it. Just, um, I'll be able to charge it up during the hotels and stuff, but um, (laughs) without it, I'd be screwed, I think, because I'm going to be geocaching and taking a lot of HD video and stuff on my iPhone. It's going to use a lot of battery. And um, I'm going to be relying on this thing. So this thing's going to be my little savior, and it was worth me spending a hundred bucks on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have an Apple logo on it, so I'd give it, uh, I don't know, about a <laughs> two out of ten or something. Sounds about right. <laughs> I'm going to be relying on it. It cost me a lot of money. I had to do it. Yeah, I'd give it about a two out of ten. Sounds about fair. <laughs> that is a great rating from Jordan Wyatt. It's bloody oh marvelous God. product. Two out of ten. Two out of ten. <laughs> oh, well, Jordan. I guess, I guess we'll... We'll have to uh, to to get your your top choice because that's 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 a great great uh, great. It's a great product, you. guys. Yeah. The Mophi Juice Pack Plus. There's the Juice Pack Air, which is a bit thinner, but the battery's not as big, of course. And um, 
you know, and I, you gave, I just need you it for gave a mine a, a four out of ten, so that's like that's like almost impossible to get. Oh, well, it sounds really cool having like this little like plastic remote thing that like I don't know you could sort of bolt it onto the steering wheel, and that sounds really good, eh? That'll be really it'll do wonders yeah, for the resale value much, of the car. It's pretty much a, a plastic thing that you like Velcro into your steering oh, wheel. Okay, it doesn't feel bulky or anything. It's just give it like, a couple of bolts, Harvey, and make it permanent. A what? Bolt it on or something, you know, like with the, like giant bolts with screws going through it, like make it permanent. <laughs> It'll, it'll it'll make the retail you know the the resale value of your car go way up. I'm sure <laughs> of course, <laughs> you'll get an extra ten grand for your car when you sell it. It's got an iPod remote dock thing. Or two screws built in, built in, built in damaging the remote. stock steering wheel that yeah. <laughs> that pretty much is impossible to find these days. It's customized, man. Customized, West Coast Custom. customized. <laughs> You're on the West Coast, West Coast customs. West Coast. Call yourself that. <laughs> So guys, it was really awesome um, giving products 2 out of 10 that we're going to rely upon and Javier had a really cool product and he gave it 9 out of 10. Um, mm. I hope you've enjoyed the show and it's it's been great talking to you, Javier. Yeah, I hope uh, everyone else uh, enjoys the show. I mean, uh, we are very sorry actually. Let me let me just put this like little note before we leave. Uh, we were actually going to have at least one uh, new co-host join in today, but... Uh, the that Ukrainian person. mafia, you know, they they got to all of us except for me and <laughs> yeah, Javier. Yeah, that, that person was taken on by you know the same people that took Andrew. So we are gonna go on a mission. Actually, that's why we have to leave so early this time because uh, we're gonna go and try to get our man out. So, but but you know, we, yeah, we're gonna rescue the guy. It's gonna be like some kind of Metal Gear Solid thing. We're gonna rescue the guy. We're gonna sneak in and infiltrate the base. I'm in front of the disposal facility. You know, yeah, all that yeah, kind of stuff. Key. What's that? <laughs> yeah, we got we got all that to look forward to, but not you know I have my vegan cooking class before that, so I'm gonna have fun doing vegan cooking and and having lots of love and fun and Javier's gonna have a great time. I don't know doing whatever sure. Javier does, uh, practicing fast forwarding songs in his car and yeah. uh, r- running over children and stuff. All the things that he learned and, through violent video games. And you already have the coordinates to, to where we're gonna meet, right? So yeah, so it's gonna you... take me about twenty hours to fly up there. But yeah, um, it's alright. Yeah. I I got all the gear, so okay, you should be okay. <laughs> you got all the gear. It's a quite yeah. on site or whatever they say. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm looking uh, forward to it, guys. Okay. Thanks everyone right. for listening. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. This has been another show of the Patriot Cast, and we'll see you soon. 